0: Let's go. There he is. Made it. Oh, you're not gonna let me do a video now though, are you? I would I wouldn't do the video, do we? Why why not? Because you got all the fancy shit behind you. Nah, it's all good
1: now. There's <laughs> just some mother shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, well, I should apologize because I've screwed this podcast up for the last three or four weeks in a row. So sorry, everyone.
2: Does that mean that our podcast now will be better? Because like we've got more to it's happened
1: maybe
0: to be honest I, I can't even really remember what we talked about in the last one it's been that long but um and we also haven't really talked about what we're going to talk about today so it might not be that good we'll see <laughs> what, what do you guys want to talk about just an update on our projects and i want to talk about the twitter thing
2: well, what yeah um, i reckon dave had a good insight on the twitter so when, when it gets to that he needs to re-say what he said in our chat
0: because I completely disagree with him. So I'm I'm (laughs) keen to hear more about that.
1: Awesome. This will be good. Um, Before we get to that, what have I been working on? I've been working on a bunch of stuff in Web3, doing a little bit for Unchain Monkey. Um, We've had some very interesting chats in the DAO. Um, So we had the first big proposal that got voted down by the Unchain Monkey community. One didn't pass, which was very interesting. So... That's been uh, the topic of the week. Um, what was the proposal? Basically, to hire a DAO coordinator. Um, oh. So we had a DAO coordinator, uh, and they uh, moved on, and we were had a proposal into basically hire a new one, and the community went, uh, "Nope, that's not going to work for us." So yeah, it's, have you it's
2: a web three
1: tax. Uh, definitely not have a web three tax. I wish it, it did. If you seen in the web
2: three taxes with some of these things, isn't it?
1: Oh, have you seen the jobs at Yuga Labs that they've just put out? I did, yeah. 149K USD for a designer. I'm, that's ridiculous.
0: That's a Web3 so, tax.
1: That's a Web3 tax. What does that um, mean afford- just
0: because it's a high category?
1: Well, I mean, there's jobs in Web2 that pay half that, right? And then you go and work for a company like Yuga and all of a sudden it's Web3 tax.
2: There was other roles too, wasn't there? Like front end uh, devs, back end, full stack, other things too.
1: Oh yeah, all of those. Like, but I was speaking to a, I was speaking to a dev today, um, and he's, there's just no one, no one's left in the space, and so to get devs now, like, it's it's pretty tough. Um, you're still. You mean paying. no one's
0: left? as not they're all going to work in something else?
1: Well, just the ones that are interested in working in Web3. I think that for, you know, 12 months ago, is was a very different story. Mm. Um, everyone, you know, was sticking their hand up left, right, and center for, for Web3 roles. And I think what's happened is is that people have shown that, like, from an engineering perspective anyway, that a lot of people didn't have the chops. Um, eng-wise, they were kind of, you know, learning as they worked and it just didn't work out and so the few people that are still around who actually know what they're doing with smart contracts bitcoin development all the rest of it uh few and far between
2: well and to you know compound that most of the ones that are still around are so rich they don't need to work they built protocols and they they've already yeah i've seen a few people go well who can i get and they're like well they're not going to work anymore because they've got a a 50 million dollar protocol why would they be interested
0: that's Pretty the Colin much. McGregor effect. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So anyway, it's tight in the, mar- in the job market for, for Web3 still. Um, some of these companies still have massive war chests to deploy. And so, you know, the, the the race is back on now that I think, you know, you're seeing a little bit of a, you know, everyone's getting a little bit twitchy before the Bitcoin halving. Everyone's thinking, you know, maybe this is the end of the bear market. Who knows? So, I don't know. You can. The sentiment's definitely shifting uh, in crypto, at least in NFTs. It's still pretty much in the gutter, but um, I don't know. There'll be it'll be another probably six or twelve months before you figure out who's actually left I Dan, know, from the NFT space.
2: Dan almost um, had a stroke of genius with his monkey sales. In retrospect, he he sold a pretty good time.
1: Yeah, you sold the top.
0: That yeah.
2: was brilliant.
0: Yeah, so perfectly planned and orchestrated on my part. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it had nothing to do with us just telling you to sell at all. No,
0: would also I I sold something that I didn't even know I owned, so I'm not sure I get credit for that one. Does it have something to do with developers focusing on AI? Because a year ago, AI was not what it is now, and it kind of seems to be like the only thing people are talking about. Uh, I- something to do with it. Developers must must have left Web three in some way.
1: Yeah. Some of- I think that there there is definitely has been a, you know, a huge focus on the AI side of things for sure. Um, I don't
2: know. It's like Web3 projects in general, DeFi stuff. There's still lots of things happening all the time, new projects coming out, new protocols and the like. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's still people in space, but the talent pool is pretty heavily rewarded when, you know, when you're available and you got the skills that's a good opportunity for people isn't it if you're in the right mindset
1: yeah i think it's a really kind of it's it's almost back to the um you know that 2019 sort of 2018 phase where it was very much you were in the trenches just building away and no one was paying any attention um so if you can if you're in the if you're in the right mindset, as you said, Jared, and, and you've, you're have you in the position where you can look at this stuff, then there are definitely opportunities out there for sure.
2: I degenerated um, 1.3 ETH last week in a couple of silly endeavours. Mm. Um, just, you know, being silly. It's part of it, but I hadn't done that for ages. You know, I, I super cautious, super, um, you know, savvy, but I, was, I wasn't paying attention. It was early morning and I, was looking for the bridge contract to send funds from one chain to another, and I just thought I saw the old old address that I previously used the day before, but it wasn't. Anyway, rinsed one point three ETH by sending my funds to that address, which wasn't the bridge address. Oh, so that's wow. gone. Anyway, that's what happens when you don't have coffee, but you know, yes. the start of the day. So it's been a while, but yeah, it's part of the journey.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> so anyway, that's sort of been my, I guess, well, definitely my last week. And then previous to that, I was, uh yeah, chipping around, um, doing, I don't know, usual what I do is bits and pieces of contract work, design work, looking at different things. So it's
0: been fun. I've got a job for you, Dave, if you want one. I'll talk to you about it offline if you're free.
1: Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Always keen to do stuff for you.
0: Awesome. It's going to be fun. Cool. I can't talk All about right. it too much on this episode, but I'll talk about it next time we... Once once it all is finalized. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. What's up with you, Jared? What have you been up to?
2: Um, well, I mean, it's always crypto stuff. Like, you know, that's how I entertain myself. Flex that kind of creative kind of stuff in some ways. Um, but no, I listed one of our apps on um a, a site for sale, so acquire.com. Oh, yeah. Um, it had been re it had been listed before. This is to sell it. Um, I think it's at a stage where I could you know I, I would appreciate it um, selling it and it's still got plenty of room to you know for someone else to take it and take it further yeah because the particular app in mind to take it to that next stage it kind of really has to lean into like b2b sales type stuff and I'm not I'm never going to do that mm. you know I mean yeah. like I either have to hire a salesperson and do it or I get rid of it when it's at that time where it's left my kind of orbit. Yeah. Um and yeah, I, I listed it. Um, it was listed previously, but since then the um monthly recurring revenue is like 130% more than it was. So I had to go back and readjust it and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. If I can get rid of it, I'd be that would be very, very nice. Very How do you nice.
0: determine the valuation of it?
2: Well, it's just like multiples, so it's similar multiples, but it's got two hundred percent annualized growth, so that mm. has to play into it too.
0: Do to they help up... you with that? Does the site help you with that?
2: They can, yeah. You can hire a, um, not hire, they have their. You can list it, um, and then you can contact. I don't remember what the word is people that actually help go out and find the right buyers and take a percentage. Right. Um, but the the last thing I sold via that site. I didn't do any of that. I listed it. Someone contacted me. It does an NDA thing as part of the process. And then you just talk to them and then it does escrow and job's done. Nice. Transfer. And then they don't even take a fee. Like it's.
0: Really? I don't take a fee. The way that they. Monet- that just, then they have a subscription. It's a SAS, isn't it? You have to pay to actually be on there. You got to pay to
2: look, not pay to list.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So that's
2: how they monetize it. Um which I think is quite unique because it'd usually be the opposite, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's interesting the way that those things work. Like I I sold a car recently on an auction site and you have to pay as the seller, you have to pay 12 and a half percent and the buyer has to pay six and a half percent, but there's no fees for seeing what's on there. Yeah. So it's all public, but they're, they're getting money on both sides of the marketplace. But I suppose if you're restricting If you're restricting, because I know on that acquired site, they do stuff like verification of funds and things. So I think you're like, if you've got someone reaching out to you on that site, they're reasonably qualified. You're not just like on Marketplace, someone's just like messaging you, it's available
2: that's I, Yeah, everyone that I've ever spoke with has genuinely been, they could actually make a purchase, not just a type, you know, looking around. Um, But I think they've introduced some sort of like premium version of their listings as well, where you could theoretically get someone to take you through the process and they take a commission um but yeah yeah, yeah if i could sell it that would be really nice going um yeah bring cuz i've obviously sold a few smaller apps but this would be a bigger one right and it would just make sense to do it at this kind of stage
0: did you think about putting it on flipper or is that just a bit of a shit show
2: based on how well that last one went i just went to acquire um cuz yeah. you can just connect all your metrics like your um your Stripe and etc. cetera. Mm. So like it's very, it's just so easy. They can yeah. see the MRI they can see the growth, they can see Google Analytics stuff. Um, so yeah, if it sells, awesome. You can just focus on something, some of the other stuff.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm in the process of buying two businesses. One was on Flipper and one was via a traditional business broker on the Gold Coast. So I've been actively looking for businesses, that I still didn't sign up for Acquire just because it felt weird to pay for something that was like a temporary kind of need. And I I was just kind of, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I wanted to do. So I wasn't like about to start paying for something, not knowing if that's really what I wanted. Cause you don't really know what you're going to come across. I kind of, I, I didn't know what I wanted until I saw it type thing. Yeah, right. I wonder if that restricts, but I suppose this is like mostly for specific type of companies. Isn't it like SaaS companies? It's
2: very much SaaS. There's some crypto business type stuff in there too now. Um, Mm -hmm. There's like obviously AI category now. Um, But uh, from what I've seen, most people who I've spoken with are are buying portfolios of things and that's what they do. So they obviously, they have this more long-term kind of approach to their purchases.
0: Yeah, you, one of you guys sent this tweet. This was what we were going to talk about a few weeks ago when we, um, when I probably fucked it up and didn't come on the call. <laughs> um, this tweet thread about this sort of multi type idea. I think that was you, Joe. I'll put it back in here. I'll put it in our sh- show notes on yarnsolo.com. I cannot remember
2: how that Basically,
0: it's Basically, this idea of... of um you know, a lot of people have like multiple things they're working on. Basically what you do with connected PE, like you just have lots of different things you're working on. Like it used to be the way, and especially, especially for me, it used to be for me, I only want to work on one thing because I yeah. thought you focus on one thing, that's the best distribution of your energy. Um, but there's a lot of people going in the other direction now where there's so many little things you can work on and work around your own time, your own things you want to work on. Like you just said, you don't want to do B two B sales, so you just won't do it. So yeah. this thing falls out of your portfolio, and then you'll put your energy towards something else, and then you'll have a portfolio of different things to work on.
2: It's, yeah, I mean that's just kind of how it, it organically came to me. But it was mostly because you try and launch things, and you know you you have a lot of different shots on goal. Eventually, yeah. some of those take up, you know, and become worth more time and attention. Um, so it wasn't like an intentional strategy at all. Um, but the one thing that I have that maybe is different to other examples is everything I ever build is in the same audience. It's just yes. four features. So it yeah. like build this thing and we can deploy it in the same audience. So I don't have to go and acquire new audiences each time. Mm. I, I, that's a hard part for me. That's very
0: much what this thread was saying. I'll, I'll, I'll link it in I'll, I'll, yansalou.com because it's got multi funnel and it's kind of got social audience, community experiment, and then... It's basically just saying you've got the one audience. There's probably lots of different things they need. Why um, not offer a bunch of them? But yeah, I'm I'm kind of going down this path now too because I when I started Black Ops, I shut everything else down for for one reason because I was going into a partnership, and in the previous partnership I was in, it it caused tensions. Like the fact that I was working on multiple things caused tensions, and then when my co-founder started working on multiple things that rubbed me the wrong way as well like i I was kind of like he's going out during the day to go to all these events for this consulting business and i'm like well we're 50 50 on this business um how do you deal with this sort of unequal contribution plus we're on the other sides of the world so that made it way harder but with black ops i'm like well if i'm going to work in this business i'm just going to draw a wage that's the only thing i'm going to do and i shut down everything else and then when i got out of that business i was kind of left with nothing so this time around, restarting from scratch, I'm doing the opposite and working on a bunch of different things at once. So yeah. it'll be an interesting experiment to see whether, and it's actually, I've only really just started this week because my house just settled and I'm just just in the process of purchasing two businesses and <clears throat> just starting to work with the business owners on transferring everything over and getting into the feel now of what it's like to be working on three different things at once in two in diff completely unrelated fields, is been very interesting. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I, 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 it makes sense to me looking back that it's been a positive kind of thing, but it wasn't intentional. That's my, <laughs> you know, you just it just happened.
0: Well, I always thought like it was because like entre- you know, because entrepreneurs are very ADHD, and I always oh, thought forcing oh. yourself. To yeah. do one thing was like a good solution for that. But maybe the opposite is true. And just embracing it, if I can do everything at once, maybe that's true too. You might get, I'm actually feeling quite energized by the fact that there's always shit to do. And I'll work on something and then there'll be something else. Your brain will have to switch from something to completely unrelated. And then you get a new burst of energy to work on the second thing. That's
1: what
2: I've really enjoyed too. Like I I got so bored of when I spun my business down to Simpler. It was like a recurring membership site. Yeah, um, and that's still a big part of it, but I got I just got so bored and disconnected from business. So it's yeah, nice yeah. to have other things to be like, oh, we're doing this or okay, XYZ, you know.
0: I also wonder too if if you have the potential to do more harm than good, if you're turning up to a business that doesn't need a hundred percent of your time and attention. Like um with this new business I'm acquiring. It's sort of managed by, like, it's got a general manager. There's someone there running the business. It's it, it probably doesn't need me full-time. And if I was to drop everything and go in there full-time, I feel like it might be worse than not doing that because I might just be creating jobs for people and kind of thinking up problems, and which I've been guilty of doing in the past. So, yeah, I kind of feel like sometimes your energy is best put towards where your energy is needed as opposed yeah. to just having a blanket rule to focus 100% on something.
1: Agreed. I hope that's true. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I couldn't kind of see both sides of it, right? Because I think from the outside, when you were focusing 100% on Black Ops, you kind of used that superpower to an advantage where you created things for yourself to do. uh, And and that turned into, you know, the the content marketing, essentially. And it was just dreaming up stuff to keep you busy for the most part. But that, added so much fuel to the fire and i think just uh gave that business an advantage where it probably didn't necessarily have one outside of the you know beer maker being really good and the location being primo at the time right you, Yeah. that that combination of ingredients with like uh your ability to just keep generating ideas was the the thing for me i think that that really set that brand up for success um and so I think it's interesting how you take that and then spread that energy, uh, but then also manage to kind of have the same, whether it's like markers of success or uh, how you see that um, across the different verticals now um, and what you measure that against compared to your previous business, I think it'd be pretty interesting.
0: I think that's, that's the key is like what are the markers of success, because in that business, I wanted it to be big. I wanted to be significant. I wanted it to be high growth. That's all I cared about. Same as the last business. Although with WP Curve, it was a profitable business. So there was like no, there was no downside to growth other than like someone had to hire another developer. Um, But in the new businesses I'm looking at, neither of them in particular, I want to grow crazy fast. Like I've got different ideas of what a good business looks like for this stage of my life. Because- I want it to be profitable. I want it to earn me a wage. I want it to be able to exercise, you know, the creative energy I have. But the idea of ending up in the AFR for another year, you know, the fast company list is not appealing to me really. And dealing with the, you know, just the craziness of startups and extreme growth is not that appealing to me at this stage of my life. So I think if you've got sort of a portfolio of businesses where you might have some things, Jared, where, they just kind of run themselves and that's perfectly fine. You might not necessarily want to grow that. Um, And you might have something you've just started, which is like consuming all of your energy, but that's something you really need to put a lot of effort in to get off the ground. Um, And that might work perfectly well. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not looking to grow something super fast as a one thing. I'm more looking for a longer term, like how do I have a bunch of businesses that will give me the lifestyle I want ongoing and, um, and yeah, and I assume that if if I get the right businesses, they're not going to require me 100% of the time. Um, but I'll find out the hard way probably in a, in a few weeks if they do.
1: I think that brings up a pretty interesting point around like the reason for, you know, the business itself. Um, you know, for me, I'm always interested in the creation side of things. So being a creative, I have to work in the business because that's how I get my kick, right? Like, yeah. I can't sit outside the business and look at everyone else doing the work and that be fulfilling enough that I'm like, yeah, this is my, you know, reason to get up every morning. Yeah. Um so I'll generally be on the starting end of things because it fills that kind of like creative need for me. But then I've, you know, got a bunch of mates on the complete other side of things and I feel like you're sort of transitioning there in some ways, Dan, around they'll buy things like um, you know, garbage truck runs and like really random businesses that you just would never think of in a million years but that literally like need to exist they do great turnover they're like you set and forget but they're boring as hell and they love pulling portfolios of those things together because then they spend 80 percent of their time on the golf course
0: right (laughs) okay well i'm not quite
1: there yet but do you know what i mean like i know what i mean yeah the the idea that like you're building your free time or you're enjoying what you're doing like and balancing that. I think that that's a really interesting thing to think about.
0: Yeah. I I think I'm, I'm in a position where I'm sort of in between, like I like the idea of like with black ops, I like the idea of bringing some of that online marketing content to a traditional business and bringing that transparency to a, a field where it didn't really exist. I thought that would be like a fun thing for me, but also like, like you mentioned a point of difference between us and other brands and like with this new business I'm buying, it's very much a traditional business. There's, I've got this small hosting business I'm buying then I'm buying another one, which is a lot bigger. And it's a traditional business that's existed for 20 years. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunities in there to apply some creativity and you know maybe launch a new product, a redesign of certain things and kind of inject myself, the best bits of myself into those things while the operation keeps running by the people who are currently running it um, which is sort of a hybrid, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think it's that ability to understand, I guess, and have context around just how you would achieve that and see the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, that only comes with the experience of, I guess, doing both things. Right.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you guys more about it when I can. It's not quite finalized yet. Sounds good. I better not ruin it. Um, Let's let's transition. Before we get to this Twitter thing, can we talk about this WorldCoin project? you guys know about I'm sure you guys know about this, right?
1: The AI, Sam Altman, take yeah. over the WorldCoin thing. Yeah.
0: This is insane.
2: Well, I mean, I guess the tokenization of identity is really what that's about. Um,
0: can, I, can I summarize what I think it is? And then you tell me whether I'm right or whether I just don't understand it. So this Sam Altman guy right is inventing the smartest AI in the world. and at the same time, behind the scenes for the last few years he's been working on a tool to tell the difference between humans and robots right? And this and this world coin is basically a it's a crypto slash AI slash physical product that can identify a human as a human. So he's, he's creating the problem and he's solving the problem at the same time, it's fucking genius. I mean like,
2: yeah, a simplified version of that makes sense. I think if we're gonna have a world where there's lots of AI content, lots of you know fake this, that, the other, is that a real person avatar? Then some mechanism, and I'm not saying that it's WorldCoin at all. I'm just like some mechanism to be able to say, that's a real person, that's not, probably has value. Whether it's this path or not, who knows? But one thing is cool. It's built on the Ethereum blockchain distributed ledger where no one kind of has control of that. So I think that's pretty cool.
0: And they've got these, they've actually gone out and built like a physical, I haven't actually seen the thing. I
2: don't know where they are, but apparently.
0: And they built this like technology that's like the best like retina scanning device in the world or something yeah. to be able to do and people are like lining up. You've seen the images of people lining up like oh, they get, down the drop. street to get one.
2: They get you get an airdrop of world token if you do register. Yeah. $25 approximately worth. Right. So that's kind of like the incentive mechanism to, you know, onboard people. But yeah, I don't know too much about the deep specifics, but just the general idea of, you know, tokenized identity on chain in a world where we don't know what's real and what's fake probably has some value and Mm. who knows what their intent is and whatever. But I think
0: that's interesting. What do you reckon, Dave?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're yet to see the fallout from the, uh, the lawsuit that's going to be landing on his lap very shortly. So we'll see how that plays out before I give any credence to what's going to happen with WorldCoin.
0: For GPT, do you mean? For the, like, Getty stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. So what's happening uh, there?
1: Uh, I don't know the latest update, but basically he had to, um, I think there was a uh, an inquiry or a committee that was looking into how he scraped the data that he scraped and whether the users actually gave him permission to scrape that data or whether he basically scraped it all illegally um, to create the first iteration of chat gpt um and the consensus seems to be that the data that he took that he's now using and monetizing was never signed by the people that he took it from as in the individuals
0: yeah because didn't they have like images that like that were generated and they had like getting images watermarks on them and shit like that
1: yeah in the early days you could basically generate whatever you want like that it was kind of crazy um the data sets that he was using early on. So there might be some, you know, he's got probably the best legal team in the history of legal teams on his side that I assume is working with him on this, but it's such a new thing. Like how do you even start to like, you know, process that. that?
2: different to say um, the Google robot ripping around and them monetizing your content. Yeah, it's
0: that all over again and and worse, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and and it also is almost back to the, um, if you remember, the whole uh, Facebook data thing um, with that company. The news thing. Yeah. There was like a data analytics company. Cambridge uh, Analytica. Cambridge Analytica. Oh, okay, yeah. Right, it's, basically the ai version for the hat case and so it'll be interesting um i think the world coin thing is you know it was hyped because there was all that footage of as jared said people lining up around the block to get their retina scanned and like i don't know um i know that there's been other protocols other l2s like polygon working on polygon id stuff for a long long time with a lot of funding as well so how it all plays together, um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and I don't know. It's it's going to be Bitcoin summer, so we'll see if uh, Ether- how Ethereum goes against Bitcoin in this next run. But
2: outperforms it. There's my there's my quote guaranteed. Uh, we'll what does
1: Ethereum? We'll come back.
2: We'll come back to this episode and we'll, we'll see. But ETH will outperform BTC.
0: Give us a time frame. Let's do an over under. Five <laughs> years. Okay, if we're still doing this podcast like five years given we've done three episodes in three months i I
2: genuinely feel that like it's deflationary and a lot of other reasons um i don't know they both got good lindy though which is i think a good thing about both of them btc and eth
0: this
1: is not financial advice by the way it's not by
2: the way no
1: I don't know not, how I got you know. here. Someone added me to this chat without my permission.
2: <laughs> if, if the SEC sees this,
0: uh, no. Anyway, it's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, it will. it's it's definitely going to be interesting. So, I, don't know. I have. Right, let's money. get
0: onto this. Let's get onto this Twitter thing.
1: Tell me to start.
0: Yes, Twitter. Twitter was renamed X apparently, and yeah. you think you think it's a good thing? I'd love you to tell me why.
1: I don't know if it's a good thing. I think it was his only move. I think that that's two separate kind of buckets for me, right? I think had he kept Twitter as Twitter um, to make up the $44 billion or whatever he spent on it uh, and to try and 10X it from where it was with the brand, absolute brand carnage that it already sort of, the brand baggage that, you know, I'll use that it, it you know, had, I don't see how he could have 10 x that brand as Twitter and taken on TikTok, Facebook and, you know, gone from 260 million to 2 billion daily active users, like just with uh, ads as Twitter.
0: What um, was wrong with the brand? Like it's, 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 it's probably, it's arguably what, like one of the most recognisable brands in the world. Like everyone knows what Twitter is. Everyone knows what that bird is. Everyone knows what a tweet is. It's like It's like the perfect brand
1: uh but perfect how in in the sense that because just because the brand everyone knows the brand yeah and,
0: and it's and it's it's like you know when things just work it's like Facebook is not a particularly nice sounding word uh, you know a post is a very generic thing to do like it's not you know there's no real point of difference like Twitter it's a very easy word to say it's got a very recognizable logo that's a bit of fun it's got this concept of a tweet which everyone knows what it is and it's completely unique to that platform and no other platform. It's got a whole, it's got a whole like um, it's got its own language almost in terms of like threads and, you know, tweet storms and this kind of stuff that other platforms don't have. Like all of this, You well, I suppose you call it baggage, but all of this is like brand equity,
1: right? Like some of this is good. But I think that's the point for me. It's like, you you have to take that subconscious right of people's brand perception and change it drastically. And mm. I don't. But, think why, that...
0: but what, why couldn't you do like what's the what was the perception that needed to change? Like of Twitter, like what what was was it a negative thing, or was it just like that this is a social media app and not a payment provider.
1: Yeah, I think that for him to basically say, "Well, I want to be the app of everything." which is is clearly his goal he's looked at wechat he's looked at you know some of these other apps that, that do it in you know china and south korea and said like right we can roll in everything that i've wanted to do since i owned x at the start and then built paypal and then etc cetera, etc cetera. we can put all of this into one place which makes sense but we can't do that under twitter because it's just twitter and we just tweet and we just why yeah, but we
0: wechat's a chat app
1: I understand, but I think from his perspective, right, the Elon brand, right, it's SpaceX, it's Tesla, it's uh, you know, he, if you look at his brand portfolio, it's very. It, Twitter just stands out as like a not like a. It just didn't fit to me. It didn't fit. It didn't fit Elon's character. It didn't fit his vision. For me, as a brand, it was legacy it had connotations of left-wing elitism it had the idea that you would just get censored or blocked on twitter you get shadow banned you could get like you know it was a disaster of a place to have a conversation with someone and for the most part i think people were kind of like almost apathetic to the brand in a way it was just like yeah, yeah twitter exists but no one cares um and we we know that the younger generation didn't use it they're all on tiktok the older generation still are all on facebook but no one no one under 15 20 now cares about facebook
0: i think there's more younger people on twitter than there are on facebook based on anecdotally you know like if you look at like the young sort of younger sort of millennial content creators that are all you know the, the jake pauls and all those kind of guys they're all on twitter i think not on Facebook. they're all on
1: tiktok definitely all on they, TikTok and Instagram. then they put their content on Twitter but yeah. the content platform the native content platform for that demographic is TikTok
0: yeah
1: and and you know gets repurposed across these other platforms as you see and i think the danger that Elon faced was that if you know he'd kept the brand it would have been this protracted process of trying to change brand sentiment introduce it to this new audience and Mm. try and retrofit these new ideas that he had into this platform, which had kind of like a a bubble and a sentiment about it, rather than just be like, right, I've got this platform. All I've got is the user base. Uh, I've got a bunch of tech that's kind of like half works, half, you know, we can do something with. It's a communications tool now, but here's everything I want to do with it. Bang, let's go. Get rid of the brand.
0: This is a terrible brand though, don't you think?
1: Ah, why? Why is it a terrible
0: brand compared to any other brand? Because it's it's a hard word to say. It's it's a it's got like negative connotations. It immediately has negative connotations. It's like stop. It's it's wrong. You know, cross as opposed to tick. It's like three X's is like porn. It's just got, there's, there's no positive connotation with an X, and it's like he's the logo is super masculine. It's not a word that like fits in. To a sentence, really, very well. Like it's, you know, I was on Instagram, I was on Twitter, I was on TikTok, I was on X. It just doesn't. It's it's a shit brand.
1: I think it's. I think it's going to go down as one of the best brand moves of all time. Do you really? That's my. That's. I'm I'm taking. I'm going
0: to say worst of all time. You say best of all time. What do you reckon, Jared?
2: I think it was necessary, whether, the, you know, the name or what not, could, could, maybe could have been improved, but um, like my mum, I'm just thinking about my mum, like how would you get someone like her to use Twitter? And I, there's other subgroups and whatever. Well, you, It's no longer Twitter. You, you start to attract a whole different kind of audience by being something
0: else. Are you gonna tell your mum to go onto the internet and put in like X's until she comes across England's website? Like, I if I said, "Mum,
2: go on Twitter," she like it's already comes with all these preconceived ideas, and, mm. and Elon needs to take it to that next next level. One thing that I reckon is awesome though is he just
0: breaks shit, doesn't he? He just builds and breaks shit. Unbelievable! Like he's he's he is like the abs- <clears throat> absolute opposite of what like like tech founders used to be. Remember when Steve Jobs, this is like a very old story, but when Steve Jobs first got kicked out of Apple and he started Next and he had, I only know this from reading his biography, but he cre- he created Next Computer and I think he spent a million dollars on the logo. It was like a really big thing and it was just like this crappy colored like cube logo. Elon, Elon's like, someone designed me a logo and then three hours later, is like, we're choosing this one. And,
2: and he spent 44 billion or whatever it is on it. Like the yeah. the... Wow. the approach normally would be consultations and this and that and he just does the opposite
0: I think I think like I'm all for it but I also think there are so many people that hate that guy at the moment like I listen to a podcast called Pivot which is funny except because got Scott Galloway on he's quite funny except that they just spend every moment of every opportunity on the show going on about how much they hate Elon
1: like people like so bullish him. on that I am so bullish on that
0: why? Yeah. How? How, why is this a good thing?
1: Because, like, Elon understands the culture. That's the one thing that he gets, that none of these older 50- or 5-year-old Cara Swisher, Professor Galloways, they don't understand the culture. Yeah. And when you don't get the culture and you can't build for the culture, like, you're gone. And the reason, like, that it's it's bullish is because exactly what Jared said, He like he gets the fact that he can just go on the internet and like basically use a Unicode symbol as a logo, and he doesn't have to pay for it. There's no royalties. It's like it's DJing culture at its best. It's builder culture. Doesn't give a shit. No, I I,
0: that part of it I agree, but why? But is it helpful that he pisses so many people off? Yeah. What? Yeah, but why is why is that helpful? Because 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 his audience like it so
1: much. I think everything. it shows, I think it's the, it's it's basically like, I'm here to break things. As Jared said, I, I'm I'm here to change the status quo. Right? If, a, he was, if he was, if he just came in, if he just came in as some other tech billionaire and bought a tech platform and was like, I'm going to 10X it and we're going to spend a million dollars doing a logo and we're going to bring it it's all flashy and it's all night. It's going to, it would sink overnight. The only yeah. reason that we're even talking about it now is the fact that he's done what he's done. True. And, like, I know that there's all kind of this, these other real weird stories floating around about how he goes about things, but you can't deny his the ability for him to see, to connect in, to see the opportunity, and to know exactly how about to go about and get it, even in the face of everyone laughing at him and telling him it's not possible. Mm. His, his success rate's better than not. In oh, 100%. That. He, he,
0: he's amazing. Yeah. I, I'm the biggest fan of Elon in the world. I name my dog Elon. But I, just, I, saw, I saw this X thing and I'm like, I'm out.
1: I can't do this anymore. This is like, it's too much. I think it, like, it, I think he had to do it. And I think that if he hadn't have done it, he would have slowly watched that $44 billion turn into nothing and he would have had to fire sale it. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, as I said at the start, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing is yet to be decided. I think it was a necessary thing. I believe that over time that X will become ubiquitous on your phone. I think that you will have an X on your phone and you'll see that and you'll be X, and it'll let me do Uber. You already do. It's the button
0: you use to delete apps.
1: Maybe, maybe he, maybe he's like literally the anti-marketer like, but just to the next level, right? It's like, it's anti-marketing. Like how, how, (laughs) Yeah. You know, so who knows? Um I I think that there's a a sense of also people people forget that he bought X. Dot, that he bought X.com and then some guy bought it back like and then sold it and then some guy bought it back for him. But that was his thing. Like X dot com was his deal. Like so there's a, didn't, a highly... didn't, this is what happened with PayPal, right? Like
0: he had X dot com and Peter Thiel had PayPal and they merged and yeah. Elon wanted to be called x and smarter people prevailed and they said x is a fucking shit brand why would we use that paypal's a great brand let's
1: let's use that yeah and so there's a definitely like a i can see an egotistical narcissistical element to this for sure he's like fuck you like i've just spent 20 years building my empire this is my last freaking hurrah i'm going to build the app of everything it's going to be called what i want the paypal to be called 20 years ago Mm. good on him like who's like and this is why I think the, the the narrative and the commentary and all of the, the stuff that you see is like who's anyone to tell him no? Like, yeah. it's none of our business. He was the one who whacked 44 billion dollars down on a company that was dead in the water anyway. So
2: the dude can uh, land rockets.
1: Mate, he beat NASA in its own game. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. How do you do you that? It's just struggling to history. run
0: a social media
1: company though, as, far as I can tell. I don't agree. I think you don't agree? I think Twitter's the best it's ever been.
0: Do you really?
2: Yeah. I think there's some pretty cool stuff like long form content and et cetera on social yeah. days. Like, the, oh, that gets me thinking we're going to be able to, that might just be the way you watch stuff.
0: Mm. This, um, Mate. like semiconductor thing that's happening, like that's all over Twitter at the moment. It's all just happening live via Twitter. It's like room temperature semi semiconductor thing. Nah, it's been debunked already. No, it's ongoing. It's like, it's, it's, it's there's updates like every hour on this thing. What now? Yeah, there's like people in different parts of the world like recreating, like putting out random tweets and shit.
1: I thought they tried to do that, and then the guy who originally posted it kind of posted a retraction and said, "Well, it was pretty selective data," and blah blah blah. But people are trying to it recreate,
0: on. and every time, and the people who are recreating it are posting the results only on Twitter, and then just like ghosting the platform. And then it, it's like this this whole thing that's happening all over Twitter. It's not happening anywhere else. So I mean, that's tells you that the, I guess. There's some relevance to the platform still, but I I find like you guys have got blue checks, right? So you're paying to use it. I, I'm i not paying to use it. I have absolutely no reason to, but there's pretty much no point me being on Twitter anymore from a producer point of view, because I put stuff on there and no one ever sees it. And the only stuff I ever see is people with blue checks. So it's kind of become this like, if you want to pay to play, then, you know, then it, Maybe it's good, but if you don't, it's completely useless.
1: But this is this, and this is like the, I think where he got it right and better failed, right? I think that they missed the boat. He introduced the pay to play model before anyone else did. Um, why and is it
0: better?
1: They, like, why, why do you want to pay for it? Because as a platform, right, you have two options for your revenue. You can either take it from your users or you can take it from advertisers. As soon as you take it from advertisers, you are beholden to what they want your platform to be. And they will derail that platform the second they get the chance to pursue their own interests, right? We've seen it time and time again with any kind of advertising-based business that ultimately it starts out all nice because you have a select group of advertisers that are advertising the right thing. There's a balance between content and advertising, and then ultimately the advertisers win because they just keep turning the screws on what they want and there's no money coming in from the other side from the users side so what do they do they they bank it better for advertisers they keep you know pushing yeah. ad, ads in people's faces they keep inserting more ads into content they keep and and gradually that user experience of whatever platform that is gets so it, it breaks because you just can't escape the ads. I mean, like... It's still ads on Twitter, though. Like, they're sharing ad revenue with creators now. Which yeah, is they're doing all sorts. They're, they're experimenting with revenue streams and, make, and finding what works. What I think is good is that they've found a cohort of people who are willing to pay to access a platform uh, which traditionally, like, I would never pay for Facebook. Ever, I would never. I would pay, for, pay for Twitter
0: either. I, I don't see the reason. Like, why would I pay for Twitter? Why do I, you? Pay? You? Well, you you wouldn't. I don't think like... the Dan of one time would have. Yeah, maybe if I was doing lots of content, I reckon you would have. Yeah, but why do you? Why do you guys pay? Like, what? Why do you pay for it?
2: I always had a blue tick. I was legacy blue tick. So oh, I just...
0: okay.
1: oh,
2: there we go. There's a flex. I, I bought it.
1: <laughs> bought it back. I'm like, right.
2: I'm not losing the blue tick.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> um. I thought because I'd run an advertising-based business with the magazine. I knew where it would end up if users didn't pay, and so for me it was almost like finally, like someone's actually gonna try, um, and and change the the relationship and put the power semi back in the hands of the user. Mm. And I think like for me it was just a acknowledgement that advertisers didn't have to have the final say, which is how it kind of, you know, crushed my business essentially uh, with the magazine. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, without having, and, and even now you see it like, man, every single newspaper website is behind a paywall now. Like you go to anywhere and you what one ad like, Oh, you've run out of your free one ad for the day. Like, And was also a huge
0: spam problem, which this this verification thing seems to fix, because if it's elevating all of the verified users' posts, then, like, I don't see, I definitely don't see as much spam on Twitter anymore.
1: No, well, they know, like, yeah, so basically, you know, they solved essentially a lot of the bot problems because, Mm -hmm. you know, there was no, like, ROI on spinning up 500 accounts and just going nuts. So... Yeah, there's a long way to go with it. It's not perfect. But I think that from a tech perspective, if you're a paying user for a service, um, then it's incumbent upon the service to provide value back to the user because that's your customer, not the av- The advertisers were the customers, not the mm. users right? yeah. for a long, long time. And and I hated that model, um, you know, a little bit out of personal experience and I think a, a little bit out of the idea that, you know, I could see how subversive advertising was becoming. Um, and so anything that put the ha- the power back in the hands of the user was a good thing for me. And and so that's why I think it's uh, ultimately, you know, going to be the way of the future for, if you want the best experience as a user. Yeah. That's Is fair. it
2: only LinkedIn, the only other one that you might pay for? Like I mean, I'm not saying you, but like, is that the only other social network that has that as a pretty big part of its revenue?
0: Pretty much. Like, if you're recruiting, you'd pay for LinkedIn for sure.
2: Mm. I can't think of any others.
0: Um, I mean, well, people people will have, would have always paid to have a blue check when the blue check
1: was a was a status symbol. But it's no longer well, You could buy accounts. You could you could pay yeah. 50 grand and you could just buy one.
0: Exactly. There was always there was always a mark a potential market in there for that. But as soon as it became a market, the market would go away because it's no longer a status symbol. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was it was always there was always people who wanted a blue check and would have paid for it. But if it turned into something you buy, you you no longer want it as much. Which is basically what Twitter is now. Like everyone's got a blue check, so it's there's, there's no desire to have one whereas yeah. like when you used to have one jared it was like a flex
2: oh 100% was i got gifted mine somehow i have no idea yeah and it was a flex. um and then elon rugged them So, <laughs> <laughs> but did you see he rugged the username x2 i saw that yes. That's so <laughs> it's very sad. the dude wanted a million for it like and he just pff, no yeah well
0: wow. yeah he does what he wants. It's crazy. Can I end this podcast with a warning? Um I'll try to keep this brief. When I first started my business back in like 2006, I used MYOB because that's what my accountant told me to use. And then and I hated it so much. It was the worst software I've ever used in my life. It was absolutely awful. And then they invented Zero, and it just made my day. I was like, this is like the best thing ever. So I moved over to Zero. this is like 15 years ago. Um, but to this day, Zero is really bad at inventory. And I know they've acquired an inventory company and there's inter- integrations with other apps and things, but like if you're running a business, which is not relevant for most of our audience, but if you're running a manufacturing business, inventory in the accounting system is really critical. Like inventory moving around is cash moving around. So it needs to be accounted for properly. So in this business, I'm buying. They currently use Myob, so I was like, okay, I need to I need to transfer all that stuff into a new system. Zero sucks at in inventory. The existing staff use Myob, so I'm like, I might as well just use Myob. So yeah, so yesterday I go I go to sign up for Myob. I sign up, I pay my money, get to a completion screen. It says, download this to install Myob, and I'm like, why do I have to download something? Like, why can't I just log in? So I download it. It's an executable file. I've been on Mac for 15, over 10 years, I think. I haven't had to touch Windows in in over a decade. So I download this executable file thinking I'm an idiot, thinking well, okay, maybe somehow magically this runs on an app. A Mac, of course it doesn't because I click on it, doesn't work. And then there's no, nothing else to do on the screen. I'm like, where do you log in? I can't work out how to log in. And then I found a login area, logged in, it just takes you a screen and says, here are your organizations, there's none in there. And no way to add another one, no way to even get back to the homepage. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. What do I do? Is there a support page? You go on the support page, it's like a robot widget. Doesn't give me any answers. I've got a phone number. So I call up the phone number. I'm on hold for over 10 minutes. And it takes a lot for me to call up a phone number to get fucking help in 2023 for a software app. That's just stupid. I'm on hold for over 10 minutes. I end up hanging up. I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. So I just start Googling it. And then it takes me to a help page saying, if you want to use my hub on a Mac, you have to install Windows on your Mac using <laughs> like, no. After like 10 years of using a Mac, I have not had to use Windows once. And now you want me to install this just to use accounting software. I'm like, I'm not doing that. No way. So I contact the guy I'm buying the business from who's got a Windows computer. And I'm like, can you set it up for me? Because apparently you can set it up and then click a button and then it's available online. So he sets it up for me and then it sends me a link saying you're ready to log in. I log in. It takes me to another screen after I've logged in and it just says, enter your serial number. And I'm like, what the fuck is a serial number? Why, why would you have a serial number for a piece of software? So I find the serial number somehow and then it says, "Enter your link your user account to log in. And I tried to log in with my user account. It wouldn't let me in. So I, I called an old mate up and I'm like, I don't know how to log into this. Like I've logged in with my, <laughs> my user account and he's like, I, it just says administrator in there by default and there's no password. And then you its like you just have to press enter and it lets you in. Like <laughs> this is the accounting system. And then so I just pressed enter and it let me in, and now I'm I'm in my op.
2: You just explained literally why zero became the tool that it did.
0: Can you believe that that was 15 years ago? That's why, because everyone ran like local-
2: localized copies of their accounting. It so it blows just
0: blows my mind that it's still. How have they not solved this, or at least like
2: attempted to? I would see. I would I mean obviously without the inventory thing that adds a hurdle but you can do myob to zero conversions for like nothing
0: zero is just like it's so much better in every way except for the inventory the inventory is shit and I don't know like it's almost becoming a thing like the myob thing where it's like there's something that's so glaringly obvious with this thing that doesn't work that that they don't seem to be solving I I don't know why but yeah. Anyway, if you're listening to this and thinking about my, which you definitely wouldn't be because you're not an idiot, don't.
2: It's not 2000.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, look forward a to place that. to end it?
0: I hope you like my story. Okay. We look forward to the update.
1: Yeah, I'll keep yeah. going. Yeah. Can we, can we get season two underway for the yeah. Dan versus Myob? <laughs> yeah. We need a series.
0: Topic for actually, next
1: week. Talking about series, you want to a bit of Better Call Saul? If you haven't watched oh,
0: that okay. one. I'm re-watching Breaking Bad because my son wants to watch it.
1: Better Call Saul's up there. It's good. I'm so re-watching done that one.
0: I'm re-watching The Wire. Oh, oh
1: I don't want to start that. I'll never stop. That'll be... Yeah, that's no, not good. i
2: much better this time around too. Just because you're kind of, you know, even more in tune.
0: You forget shit too. Like I'm watching like, Breaking yeah. Bad... Forgot half of the shit that's happened. And just, i just I knew I knew I liked it. I knew it was like a great show, but like re-watching it, I'm like, this is like the best show. By have you seen The Wire? Charging. It's a- yeah, and not properly, not fully. I watched it when it was it was pre streaming. When it was like to watch something, you need to get it on your mate's USB stick type thing, and I watched like some dodgy version of it. How do you? How are you watching it? Or you did not want to answer that in the podcast? Inch. Yeah. Okay. Inch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, here's not. Another- don't buy a Roku TV because it doesn't have binge on it. I think we went through that one other episode. <laughs> I can't watch binge. I have to plug in my computer to the TV.
2: Well, there's probably an episode in looking at absurd things that are still businesses that we deal with. Mm. My yeah. ob is one, but there's probably others. Yeah, you still do it because you kind of have to, don't you? Yeah. Banks. Banks. Yep. I was 40 minutes on a call today just to get to talk to them.
1: I want to move my money. No. <laughs> yeah. What?
0: <laughs> They're very good at that. They're very good at keeping your money. Mm. All right. Thank let's you. leave it there.
1: Let's leave it there.
0: All right. Cheers, guys.
1: See, See
0: you next week if we can make it all happen. Bye. Bye.